0: Good morning, it's the Drive School Podcast. I'm Pastor Goodman, the content executive here at Higher Things, and joining me today is uh, Pastor Matt Richard, the Reverend Doctor from Minot, in North Dakota. Thanks for joining us, Pastor. How you doing? Hey, good to see you, Harrison appreciate you being back with us uh we are uh, we're, we're going through a series called what does jesus say about uh because everybody tries to put words in his mouth it makes it easier to sort of claim your right if jesus is on your side and all um but the thing is uh when we when we dive into the scriptures it's not so much about winning arguments as it is finding peace so today uh what does jesus say about guilt
1: yeah he says i forgive you right those are the most powerful words in <laughs> pretty tone words. Yeah. I mean, they're simple. They're short words, but man, just to hear those words, I forgive you of all of your sins.
0: Yeah, It's, just, it's be just the shortest podcast. That's just, I mean, yeah, we're done. That's...
1: Yeah. We're done. Right. Yep. Color color quits. Right. <laughs> I forgive you. So
0: I, I walk in Uh, full of guilt because I I know what I have done. Um, And and guilt's got a funny way. of just eating away at you. And and we always want to go about the most complex ways of dealing with it. I got to work it off. I got to somehow make it up to you. I got to blame somebody else and come up with this elaborate system of why it's not my fault. I have all of these elaborate plans and they all come undone by those, those little words. I forgive you. Why does Jesus insist on it being so simple?
1: (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, this, this isn't, you know, we have it in our hymnals and uh, it's the, the, the private confession of sin. And, and uh, so what happens is you go through and if, if you haven't, if the, the listeners haven't seen it before, go through it sometime. And even I encourage you to go through it with your pastor, you go through and you confess your sin and you name your sin, you talk about your sin. And then it gets to the very end. Uh, the pastor says in the stead and by the command of my Lord Jesus Christ, I forgive you all of your sins. Amen. And I think it's like, peace be with you. And it's like, and, and and times I've gone through it with people, it's like, okay, what else? I'm like, no, there's the door. Get out. And they're like, what do you mean, Pastor? Said, we're not going to talk about anything more. You need to go because you're forgiven. Because if we go back in, it's we're going to start mulling over it again. And then you're going to think, okay, no, no you're forgiven. Um, everything that needs to be said has been said. Your Jesus has pronounced you forgiven of all of your sins. There's the door. Go home. Go to your job. Go love your spouse. Go love your kids. Go love your neighbor. You're forgiven. I I, I don't have anything more to say. It's done. It's complete. Jesus... Did it? It's, it's it's for you. It's accomplished. And so, yeah, guilt is you you nailed it right on the the, the, the nail on the top of the head there. The guilt has a way of mulling itself over in our head, especially you know I I think my my experience with guilt myself and when talking to other people, I think guilt works overtime at night, uh, especially at night when you're laying in bed. Uh, yeah. A lot of people have a tough times sleeping. I guess in the morning you kind of get going and you're kind of pulled along by your routines, but it's like when the night wears down. And, and it's quiet uh, guilt sets in Uh, not only at the very end of the night, but at the end of life too, uh, when people are at the end of their life, uh, when they're on their deathbed uh, guilt works over time. I think the devil, he has a way of going into the closet and, and, and digging around and finding these uh, skeletons in the closet and he comes and dangles, dangles them above us. And, and, and he taunts us and he, and he oppresses us with this guilt and that guilt can actually crush us. And guilt is, is also at the root of so much stress that we have, um, anxieties in life. Um, now I don't want to diminish. There's, there's definitely, um, mental health issues that, that are, are present in our culture and our lives and that we need good doctors to help us with. But a lot of the, um, anxiety and, um, stress and so forth is tied back to guilt itself. And so we need that word of forgiveness. Um, I forgive you and you're right. Oftentimes people, we go to all these different mechanisms to try to, um, maintain it or try to um i don't know just like a crutch with guilt and try to just kind of limp through life but what we ultimately need is that bold words of the the son of god who died and rose again from the grave Uh, the one who has all authority over sin death and the devil to say those words uh, to pour them in our ears and just cement it into to us to grant us faith uh to hear that boldly
0: it's good stuff yeah it's been, um, I don't know about you, but but for me, at least as a pastor, it's almost hard to shut up after the absolution. Like it's, it's, it's not only such a powerful thing, but it's, it's almost like the devil's going to shift gears and say, all right, so maybe he doesn't have any guilt anymore, but can I work some in you? How do you make him better? How do you make sure he'll never do it again? How do you help him through this so that he'll love you the same way that Jesus loves him? And so it's, it's hard, at least for me, to shut up after the absolution and, and just sort of let that be its thing. And its it's it's very very easy to to jump into the now what, where Jesus yeah. simply says go in peace. I want to say go and to anything but peace. What do I do, Pastor? Help me out.
1: <laughs> right. Well, I mean, I'm right there too. It's like you know your sins are forgiven, and then you just you just want to you just you just want to add something. I mean, this is the thing with, with all of life, right? You know, when, when we apologize. know, I know, especially when I mess up with my wife and my kids, you know, I'll say this to my wife. I'll say, you know, my wife's name is Serenity. I'll say, you know, and I call her Renny. I say, Renny, I'm sorry. And she does this thing. It's just, it's, it's, it's so cool. And so awful at the same time, because I say, I'm sorry. And she'll wait. She actually tilts her head and she's waiting. And what is she waiting for? She's waiting for my justification of my old Adam come and justify. And so she actually waits because, because she knows if, 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 if she waits, then most likely what's going to happen three seconds later, is going to be, I'm sorry, but, but, but I, did, you know, and then I justify and, and I've learned with her that I can't do that because she waits. And then as she waits, then the, then the, then the whole condemnation of my sin is really, I'm like, I'm apologizing. I really did mess up and it sinks in, but it's also the same thing with the absolution. Uh, when we hear the forgiveness of sins, we want to say now, what, what else do I need to do Jesus? And that's in a sense, what we're doing is we're trying to add to Jesus. So it's Jesus plus us and what we do, but yeah. when it comes to the forgiveness of sins, it's, it's Jesus and him alone. And so um, I have found over the years as a pastor that, that when I say your sins are forgiven and I just keep my mouth shut, um, they'll look at me. And then that's where I feel like I need to say something. I'm like, no, shut your mouth, Richard. Don't say anything. And then, and then I've had a couple of times where people are like, really? I'm like, yes, really. And they're like, okay. And then they leave. And, and so yeah. it's like, you can actually ruin the forgiveness. Us pastors can ruin that if we actually open our mouths, just like we ruin our yeah. repentance by opening our mouths too.
0: Right. And so it's that whole, it is finished. It is, it finished, is. finished. But, um, and we always think, want to add the but or, and right after it, and, and not simply just dwell on the, the, the magnificent words of the cross. Huh? So what happens then when guilt sneaks back up because they've already been forgiven, but they, the night got too quiet again.
1: Yeah. You know, and, and I've said this over time, 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 time again, that that sometimes what, what we do is, you know, we have to understand that the law, you know, the law of God, you know, sometimes we look at the law of God and we see it thundering from Mount Sinai. And that's true. The law thunders. Um, sometimes the law will whisper to us condemnation, you know, condemns us, you know, the, the law, the law condemns us of our sin. It can whisper it. And the gospel, we sometimes understand the gospel as being sweet. You know, it's a sweet gospel. It's, it's music to our ears. It's, 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 uh, uh, it's, it's light to our soul. But there's also an aspect where I believe that the gospel has to have some teeth. It has to have teeth to it. And there has to be a little bit of tenacity. It's, 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 you are forgiven and, and, and to pronounce it with authority. And so when, when people leave, I often sometimes say this as, as maybe an addendum, you know, you're going to leave the doors of this church. And the devil's going to go work on to you and say, hey, are you really forgiven? Were you really forgiven in that church by that pastor? Were his words in the standard by the command of Jesus? And that's at the point in the time where you make the sign of the cross. Remember that you're baptized, right? Make the sign of the cross. Remember that I'm marked and sealed in Christ. I'm baptized. And then also remember, as I make that sign of the cross, that's the same sign of the cross that the pastor drew over me as he pronounced absolution. So you make that sign of the cross, and there's some tenacity where you say, I'm forgiven. And pardon me how I say this, but go to hell, devil. Go to hell! Uh, you're nothing. Uh, I'm Jesus is bigger than you. Uh, my pastor said it. I'm baptized. I receive the Lord's supper. I am forgiven. And if you got a problem, evil one, pick it up with him. Take it up with the Lord Jesus Christ. Simple as that
0: that's magnificent. And it it rips away from us everything that guilt wants to do. For some reason, guilt just makes us want to sort of go by the hair of the dog, you know, more of the same as if it can somehow get it. So I got myself into this. That's what guilt is. I I recognize that my shortcomings are, but I just want to, I want to double down. And so I don't want to go to somebody else for forgiveness. God knows my pastor would look down on me if he actually knew I was a real sinner instead of just an imaginary poor, miserable one. Um, I want to fix it myself. And I want to fix it myself by, well, just quitting the thing altogether. And that's good. You shouldn't run back to sin by any means. But at the same... Same time, it's it's such a gift that God would sort of pull us out of ourselves with this this idea that we would be confronted uh, with with grace, not from our own hearts, not from our own hands, not from more of the same stuff that got us into this mess in the first place. You know, your heart, your hands, but the mouth of Jesus, spoken by your pastor, your sins are forgiven. There's there's something just utterly magnificent that that removes you from yourself because well, you got yourself into this mess. It's not your job to get out.
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean, we we get tunnel vision, right? I mean, we we, we mess yeah. up. Uh, we mess up on something and then we start mulling it over. I've heard it said before that, that oftentimes in our mind, uh, what we can do is we can, we can put ourselves on trial. And then we're a judge and a jury unto ourselves. And then uh, the devil works on us a little bit more. And then we just sink lower and lower and lower in our guilt. And so we kind of get like, like, like this. and, And all we're focusing on is, is our sin and our predicament. And then we're trying to find like a maze. How do we get out? How do we maneuver this? How do we, how do we spin this? with maybe the right talking points to you know and and then then all of a sudden we're so focused on it we think everybody else has seen it too so then we crouch down even more and I talked to my confirmation kids about this we talk about guilt and where we feel it uh, a lot of us feel it in different spots I feel it on my shoulders and I feel like this I feel like I'm, I'm trying to duck from a maybe a bullet going in my head a couple of other kids they said you know, when they feel guilt they feel it over their eyes right here um, and others have said there's been a heaviness and so I it pulls us, my chest yeah it pulls pulls us down like this. And so when the gospel comes, when that absolution, when the forgiveness of sins, uh, the forgiveness of Jesus is, is pronounced, it has to come from the outside. Uh, it's not a solution here. It's not a solution in here. It comes from the outside. It invades. Uh, I love that word invade. It invades this world of guilt and it, it, it breaks forth and it invades. And, and, and that think of that word, the forgiveness, it shatters it all. It destroys it. Um, it, it renders it useless. Um, and, and it renders it all what forgiven and that, uh, we have been crucified under Christ and that we rise with Christ and our identity is with Christ. And according to our old Adam, according to the law, absolutely. Uh, we're dead in sin, but according to Jesus and the new man, the new creation, we are in him and the forgiveness we've been given, um, all is accomplished. It is finished. And we, and again, we can't add to it. It's, it's, it's wonderful.
0: I want to go almost just a little bit mystical here, so walk me back, uh, Pastor. Um, it, it's, it's funny, you were pointing out uh, the places where we really just feel our guilt here, uh, here, here, and here. Um, it, it's, it's almost like this, this sign of the cross that uh, we're supposed to make. It's not a magic symbol. It, it doesn't actually do anything, but, but it, it's weird that, that we, uh, even in remembering our baptism, almost are, are, are taught to touch the places where it, it hurts.
1: Yeah. With the cross yeah. of Christ,
0: um, yeah. it, it doesn't forgive you by doing this, it doesn't do anything, but but isn't it weird how uh Christ bears our wounds and, and then our guilt? And we're taught to make a symbol that actually addresses the very places where we want to carry it the most,
1: yeah. You know, when I, when I was a kid, my dad would always draw a cross in my head like this, he'd draw a cross, and you know, and then I draw a cross in my kids' heads. Um, and then when I go to the hospital, uh, two things I do when I go to the hospital to see people that are sick in the hospital, I sing to them, I sing Psalm 23. I sing, I'm not a very good singer, but. I sing Psalm 23 and, and put the music. It's just, it's glorious. And then, uh, then when, before I leave, uh, I pray with them and then I reach over and I ask them for permission. I said, can I draw a cross in your head? And they say, yes. And I draw a cross and every single one they close their eyes. And, and there's something about like right now when I'm doing, I can, you can like feel it afterwards for a little bit. I mean, there's a sense of feeling afterwards, and then you, you can kind of feel the cross and it's something about being marked, you know, something about being branded, right? It's, 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 it's we're being branded, we're being marked, we're being claimed. Um, you Think back to that, that toy story too, right? The, 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 mm-hmm. the uh, toy story was, it, was it, was it Andy, right? Um, and, and Buzz Lightyear. And then that was, what was the Cowboys name? Uh, Woody. Um, Woody. Yeah, Woody. And so and it was an episode two of toy Story. I mean, this is a really theological movie here. Then toy Story 2, he's <laughs> he's trying to go to Japan, right? He's Japan or something like that. And and they're they're appealing to him. And there's this really cool scene where where Woody looks down at his foot and he you know looks at the bottom of his soul and he rubs the paint off and he sees the word Andy inscribed on it. And at that point, he remembers, I'm Andy's toy. This is who I belong to. I don't belong to this other toy dealer to go to Japan or wherever it was overseas. I need to go back to that room because I belong to Andy. Andy is my owner. He's the one who owns me is protecting me and taking care of me. And that's what those signs are doing. We're remembering that I'm yeah. marked and I'm sealed in baptism that I belong not to Andy, but to our Lord Jesus Christ, that he has claimed me. He's plucked me out of death unto life and that, that I'm his. And so if, if I'm his and you are his, and he says, I'm forgiven, then what does the world say? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what the world says. It doesn't matter what, what our, what um, the uh, devil says, it doesn't matter. And it doesn't matter what anybody says. It, it, it's the one who has been bloodied and raised from the dead. It, what he says matters and I belong to him. And so we rest in him. To
0: infinity and beyond. Yeah,
1: <laughs> there we go, right? <laughs> All right?
0: This is the Drive to School podcast, Pastor. Thanks so much for joining us today.
1: Hey, it It's great. Good to see you. Have a good one.